Well, good morning. Welcome to Press Church. Again, my name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, for those of you that are joining us online, I hope you guys are having a good Sunday as well. You guys warm enough? Are we warm enough? Stay warm? It's a little, little, little chilly this morning. Brisk, right? I, I should have looked at my app before I left the house, because I walked out. I'm like, wow, it's like 15 degrees out. Cool, cool. Well, uh, I hope you are doing well, and I'm glad you are here with us. Uh, just to let you know, we've changed up, again, a few things, but if you would like to ha access our uh, weekly bulletin and pretty much all of our links, there's a QR code on the uh, screen that you can get your phone out and your camera app, and you can open up the link to uh, our weekly bulletin. Through that, you can sign up to serve, sign up to get baptized, sign up to get prayer, basically a, a bunch of stuff. That link can help you uh, find everything that you need and see everything that's going on here at Press Church and coming up. I do want to highlight just a few things. We've got youth group tonight, so youth, make sure parents get your youth here tonight. Uh, the next thing is we have a, a, a toy drive going on. Uh, out in the lobby, we have a, a little thing set up. We've got a bin in conjunction and in partnership with uh, the Delaware Dream Center. We are doing a toy drive. And so uh, through this month and the first two weeks of December, I think we'll have two Sundays to collect. Uh, we'll be collecting toys that they're going to be distributing. So if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, please, you know, again, check out the bulletin. Uh, you can Always email us at info at presschurch.tv if you have any questions uh, in doing that. And then the last thing I want to talk about, uh, we introduced this two weeks ago. It's the Go Campaign. So as we are closing up our year, we're calling it the Go Campaign. This is a campaign for, for us to uh, do two things. We call it Go for two things. G is G, gap. Close the gap. Uh, basically, we're raising money to fill the, the budget gap that we have. And then the second one is O, for opportunity, an opportunity to, to fund the ways that we can reach our community and get out. We don't just want to keep the lights on. We want to do more. We want to reach the community. We want to reach our congregation uh, and make sure that we are doing and stewarding well what we've been given. So Go Campaign, what this is, is we are asking everybody to pray about um, giving one extra month of giving before the end of the year. So whatever your normal gift is, we're asking you to pray about doing one extra month of giving. And this is also a great opportunity if you're not somebody that gives on a normal basis for you to start giving. Uh, we think giving is a great way to show God that we trust him with our finances. We trust him with what he's given us. And this is also a great way for you to be a part of what is happening. We don't do what we do here at Press without your support. And so this is, if this is home, if this is family, we want you to, to have some skin in the game. We want you to be a part and be involved in what is happening here at Press Church. And we love what's happening, and it's great to hear uh, stories of how lives are being changed and people are growing in their faith and coming to know Christ. So uh, that is the Go campaign. Again, be praying about that. Um, there is a special section. If you give online, there's a special section for the Go campaign, so you can make sure we can track it and all those things. And if you're giving by check or cash, just make sure uh, to market Go campaign so that we can be uh, tracking all that and celebrate at the end of the year uh, the generosity that we've received. So, all right, last week in Teach Me to Pray, um, I have really enjoyed this series. I think prayer is... Um, such an important part of our Christian faith, of our Christian walk, that um, maybe a lot of times we have confusion around, like, what does it 
doing? What is, does it work? Am I doing it right? Am I saying the right words? Am I, do I have to kneel? Can I stand? Like, what, what is prayer? How do I do it? And so this, this series, we were just, just breaking down. What is prayer? Uh, God, teach us to pray. What do you say about prayer? How can we learn and grow in prayer? And so I'm going to Joe, go ahead and jump into our video today. If you are new with us, this is something we do every week. We get the, the teaching team in a car together. We get some GoPros. We drive around and we talk about the sermon for the day. So let's go ahead and take a look at the video. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Yeah. Deliver me from the vagueness of CR's guiding. <laughs> I'm a big fan of there is no spoon. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but uh, most people... I need a spoon. <laughs> most people don't get my random movie references. The Matrix, the first one. The, first, the only good one. The good one. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about the, the Lord's Prayer. And we're getting into this section where this, it takes a little bit of a turn here. Yeah. Yeah, from daily bread and forgiving people to... Don't, don't lead don't let, us. Don't let evil get me. And God, why? God, don't smite me. Yeah, I mean, right. is, is it a, dear Jesus, don't kill me? Is it a, or don't test me, don't tempt me, don't... This is really one of those beautiful little pieces there because you do have to dig in. Yes. And a surface read of that is going to lead you down, I think, an incorrect path. Yeah. Certainly something that is opposite of the character of God. Yes. You know, the idea of leading you into temptation yeah. in some sort of you know, very, uh, a negative and unfatherly kind of way. Right. And, and yet we know that that's not the heart of God from the rest of scripture all points yeah. to that. Right. So I think we need to dig into that. This is one of those times I would love to just stop Jesus and say, okay, can, can, can we work break this out this, a little bit? Break this down yeah, break this way down. Knowing, no, just going off of like, you know, other conversations, as soon as you ask him a question, oh, he yeah. just comes back with another question and makes you like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make you work through this. Right. <laughs> and it's a good thing. And we don't like that. Right. But yes. we don't want to have to work. We want the, no. we want the easy answer. We want the formula. We want the formula. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Right. Jesus, teach us to pray. So that's so what I want. Right. I get what I want. <laughs> yeah. Nothing bad happens and everything's good. And over and over again, it's it's a challenge to work through, to wrestle through these things. Right? It, it's amazing to me every time we see an interaction where Jesus is talking with someone and they're asking him a question. Uh, like Sean, you've said, he tends to pose it back in another question yeah. and causes people to really think through what they're saying, what yeah. they're asking, what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. And, and I feel like if we read the scriptures in, in a correct way, yeah. that we would be wrestling in, in, a, in a similar fashion. It's like, yeah. I think a lot of times we want to read the scriptures and we want to hear uh, a breakdown, even a lot of times from the guy that's teaching, <laughs> right? Yes. That, that makes it easy and simple and digestible. Yeah. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Sometimes that's needed. No. Right. Yeah. But the, the reality is, is we, we need to take this on and wrestle with it mm -hmm. on a personal level yeah. and go, well, wait a minute, you know, where, where, where is my heart in this? Yeah. Um, what if it isn't the way that, that, that culture has portrayed it to be that, uh, that, or even the ways that I was told that it was mm -hmm. yeah. growing up in a particular right. church or, or things like that. Cause yeah. there's a lot of 
stuff that's not exactly right that's that's out there mm-hmm. you know and and uh, and we take that bad construct right and and kind of build on it and mm-hmm. and it's really important to break things down I feel like you hear a lot about you know people kind of uh, really tearing apart everything that they uh, grew up with, grew up with right? deconstructing. Deconstructing is the yeah. popular yes. word, right? And I actually don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with deconstructing. I think it can be a great thing, mm-hmm. but you have. But I feel like immediately you need to go back to the words of Jesus right. and really yeah. dig in. Yeah. Uh, it, as a process yeah. of deconstruction, you need a, a foundation to reconstruct on. Yes. After well, you've torn away all the other stuff. Yes. What's left, and where can I start building again? Yeah. Well, I think through this is because it forces us. Well, I guess if you're doing it in a way that is God-centered, but it's it's doing it in a way that forces you to God, mm-hmm. saying, "I need something." You know, yeah. it, it gets mm-hmm. back to the, almost like the gospel thing. I need something that I can't do myself. Right. And so having to work through not just having this nice, neat box of do it this way, if it was like that, we're less reliant on God and more reliant on ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's almost like prayer at some point. It What makes prayer effective is if it actually draws me closer to God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's why I would pray, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Not because I'm afraid of that, but because I want to be closer to God. And so when my heart begins to change in the process of praying and being in conversation with God, it begins to lean towards, I just want to be closer to God. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you ask, how's your prayer life? Well, am I closer to God? Yeah. That's where this all leads. Yeah. So as I said, this is our last week on Teach Me to Pray. And I really hope, um, I know for me, it, it has changed the way I look at prayer. Um, or maybe not how I look at prayer, but my, my intentionality in, in praying. And I really hope that that's been the case for you. And if you haven't been able to be here for any of the series uh, up to this point, or if you've missed some, go back. You can watch them on YouTube. They're all there. I would encourage you go back and, and listen through, um, because I think there's a lot of good things for us to learn about prayer. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm not this is not an exhaustive series on prayer, but I know for me it's really changed my intentionality in prayer. When I'm praying, I'm really thinking about my mindset. I'm thinking about is, is the words that I'm saying reflecting what we see in the Lord's Prayer? Because uh, as I said in the first week, the Lord's Prayer, it's not like if you don't say the Lord's Prayer, you're saying a bad prayer. Um, it's not like if you don't say that, then your, your prayer is not holy enough or it's not gonna be heard. It's there, there's things in this prayer that we learn uh, or that we see uh, that are good for our life. They are good to see God as being in control, good to see God as Father. Uh, even that Father piece, like why does that matter saying Father? Because it, it shows something. It communicates something to us of who God is, who we are. And so I, I hope that, that this has changed and is, is maturing your own uh, prayer life. I, I feel like it helps get back to the basics a little bit, right? It helps you frame life. It reminds you of God's love. It reminds you that he's in control, that he's, that he's present, that he's with us, that he's aware of what's going on, that he cares. Uh, and so in this, in this prayer, not only does he teach us how to pray, but really throughout, throughout Scripture, we see Jesus uh, praying himself. We read about Jesus praying time after time. And so if it's important to God, <laughs> if, if this is important you know, Jesus, incarnate human flesh, 
If he's praying, I, I want to take this seriously. I, I want this to be a part of my life and something that's important to me. And so as we dig in today, if you want to follow in your, in your Bibles, we're in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read through the Lord's Prayer today. Let's read this all together. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I mentioned last week that in verse 12, a new pattern starts. In asking for our daily bread, we are, we are bringing God into the today, the now, the, the here and the now. God, give me God, give me what I need today. And then we get into the forgiveness piece is talking about the past. Forgive me for my debts, right? So we have a, a today, a here, and a now where we're bringing God in. And then the next line, we're bringing God into our past, what we've done. God, forgive us. And this last section we're talking about today, it's, it's addressing the future. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, protect me from what is to come or could be to come. And the first part of this line, as CR mentioned in the video, lead us not to te into temptation. That can seem a little, a little confusing. God, will you lead me into temptation? At least that's where my mind goes. Like, well, if I'm saying, God, lead me not into temptation, would he lead me into temptation? And I think it's important when we come across verses like this in Scripture that maybe seem uh, out of character for God, it's good to look at other parts of Scripture. It's good to look at Scripture as a whole. And so in James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, we see uh, really a verse that speaks to this. is when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So, so we start to get a picture of this, like, oh, there's something, there's something in me. There's something about the, the way that I am that, that tempts me. And we see a similar thought when Jesus is speaking to Peter. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus is taken away to be crucified. Uh, Jesus says something to Peter. He says, says this. He says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when we pray this, lead me not into temptation. It's a plea for God to protect me and to guide me around situations and circumstances that may lead me to ungodly action. Keep me, God, from, protect me from, from me doing these things. But there's, there's, a, there's a detail here we must take note of. It's us. God, protect me from me. Protect me from, from the, the evil that's in, inside of me. I, I don't need someone else to, to tempt me, right? In my own mind, I lure myself into things that I know I'm not, that aren't good for me. I do it. I do it all the time. It's like going to the, the grocery store when you're hungry. Why are you going into the grocery store when you're hungry? <laughs> you're about to say that. <laughs> yeah. I know I shouldn't go in there. I'm going to buy something that is not good for me. I'm going to, I'm going to buy something more, probably more than what I need to buy. 
I, you know, you get home and your spouse looks at you, why did you buy that? I was hungry. Don't go to the store when you're not hungry. But how many times do we put ourselves in a position to fail? How many times do we, are, are we the ones that puts ourselves in a position to fail? Don't, don't pray, God, God, keep me from sinning. Don't pray, God, keep me from sinning, and then proceed to walk into the very environment that you know tempts you. Walking into the very place that you know you're going to struggle in. But God, don't, don't let me, don't let me. But yet, as you walk into it, it's like someone who has a problem gambling. Oh, I'm just going to go to the casino to watch the game and grab a drink. I, I won't. And then you know, get there, well, I will place one bet. One bet's not a big deal. Right. You know, and then like five hours later, oh, there goes 10 grand. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's, we can, I mean, some of you, that may, may actually be your, your vice. But, like, we, we joke about this, but at the same time, we do this all the time. We're our own worst enemies. God, protect me from me. I know in my own heart I have evil desires. There's things in me that I, that I want that I know aren't, aren't good for me. Where are the places that you are weak? Where are the places that you know you need help? God, lead me away from these places. Give me strength to be disciplined, God. And so really this prayer can help remind us that we tend to sabotage ourselves. That we tend to be the ones that are our own worst enemies. God, lead me not into temptation. God, don't allow me to mess this up, to do something I know I don't want to do. There's a quote by a guy by the name Soren Kierkegaard, and this is a great quote. It says, The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. So, so often we're praying, God, God, you need to do it. 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 God, you do it. I, I'm going to be undisciplined, and I'm going to do it, but you, you do it. And God's like, I, th- I think you need to be renewed. I think your mind needs renewed. And so when we pray these things, it's, it's, it's us. It's our hearts that are being softened. It's our minds that are, that are being conformed more to Christ and less to the flesh. Do we actually view prayer in a way that is set up to change us? Instead of going to prayer like, you know, like a, a kid grabbing for something, is it just kind of a, a humble approach of, God, I, I need your help. I know I'm flawed. I know I'm, I'm not perfect. And so when we, we say lead us not into temptation. It really is a recognition of my, my own self, my internal self, that I tend to sabotage my own, my own self. And God, I need you to help me with this. Again, it's bringing him into, I, I know I have the tendency, God, I need your help. And so if this first part is, is a recognition that in ourselves we have sinful, sinful tendencies, then we move to the, the second part, and it's really a, a call for God to protect us from the evil outside of us. God, protect me from the evil around me, right? There's this internal thing going on, but there's also this external thing going on, and there's evil around us. Straight up, there's evil in this world. If, if you, like, need me to tell you that, to recognize it, you're probably, an, like, you're, you're probably 
just a, I don't know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot out there, right? Just go, go on social media for a little bit. Go on Twitter. Go just turn on the news, right? There's evil out there. There, there's stuff. And, and, and that's where this, this statement is really saying, God, deliver me from this evil. Deliver me from the evil that, that I know is out there. And I think most of us, when, when we see this part of the prayer, I, I think we view it as a prayer of like, God, don't let bad things happen to me. Like if I think about it, I'm like, all right, don't let evil do something bad to me. Don't let... Uh, that bad stuff gets to me. I, I don't, I don't want to feel that pain, right? It's kind of like, don't, don't let me feel the pain. But I think we need to go a step further with this. Because when we think about trials or bad circumstances in our lives, these can actually be opportunities for God to, to grow and mature us and refine us. And oftentimes we see that. It's in the trial, it's in the pain, it's in the, the, this hurt of, of evil coming that God uses it to refine us. And that's, that's kind of something we've got to wrestle through. That you have this, like, God protect me from evil, but you also can see God moving in spite of evil, in spite of the circumstances in our lives that are uncomfortable and, and ugly. We see at the end of it, God using it. I, I was uh, reading a, a book this week, and there, there, it was worded this, and you're going to have to work through this a little bit too because I had to work through it. But it, it said something about this process, and it worded it something like this. It said that Satan is a tool of God. Now, at first you're like, that sounds like way like off the reservation. Like, what? Satan is a tool of God? Wait. And it almost seems like unbiblical, right? But when you, when you begin to think through that, Satan was seemingly victorious when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He was victorious. He died, right? He got him. He killed him. He, he got the Jews to turn on him. He, it like, he was victorious, right? And yet it's through this that Jesus' ultimate goal is also fulfilled that through his resurrection we have right relationship with God. So wait, did God use Satan to fulfill his work? It seems weird, right? How, how, how can so, something so bad end up being something so good? And it's like Satan can't help himself. I'm, I'm going to do bad. I'm going to do bad things. And here God is perfect saying, I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to work it. I'm going to make it right. And it doesn't matter what you do I'm going to use it. Think about the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 12. We see this as, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect and weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. If you talk to Pastor Jason, this is one of his least favorite verses in the Bible. What? I was given 
a thorn in my flesh. I was given a messenger of Satan to torment me. That's something to work through. Wait, in your prayer, you're saying to deliver me from evil, and, and yet we see this verse. What do you do with that? Well, you can't stop there, right? But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so what is Paul's response? I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So when we're saying deliver me from evil, we're asking that we actually find, we find all we need in God. When we say that, it's saying, God, I, I need you. I need to find my hope in you. I need to put my trust in you. Not that my circumstances line up perfectly with what I think needs to happen, but in no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter what is happening at this point in life, no matter how uncomfortable I am, I have to see you, God. In the pains, in the joys, may I rest in you. Paul's deliverance was not a fleshly deliverance. It was a spiritual one. We're always praying for fleshly deliverance, and yet God is more worried about our heart. He's more worried about how you are growing and becoming more like him. Again, this is something to work through. It can feel scary. Because now all of a sudden, God may not be working exactly how I think he should be working. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I see it as this, God, give me the eyes to see as you want me to see. Give me the eyes to see what you are doing. Do not let the evil that is happening around me keep me from seeing you. I think that's the important thing. That no matter what happens, no matter how evil tries to attack you, no matter what attack you're feeling at this moment, that your eyes are set on Christ. That your eyes are on God. He is your deliverer. He is in control. He is your sustenance. That's the true deliverance. Not that we don't have hardship. Imagine if you didn't have hardship. How often would you go to God? You know, statistically, you're more likely to come to church after you're going through hard times. Again, ouch. But yet it's in those hard times that we actually recognize the fact that we need something. That we aren't in control, that I can't do it on my own. When we pray, we're setting ourselves up to see all of it through his eyes. We're setting ourselves up to see it how he wants us to see it. 
We need to be a church that prays. Not just that we get the things that we want, but God, that we would see how you see, how you want us to see. And that in these attacks that we face, in the uncomfortable, yes, there's, I'm not trying to say there's not things that can't hurt you, right? There's, there's things that can hurt us. There's people out there that want to hurt you. I'm not going to say that's not true, but the question is, what are you going to do about it? Who are you reaching to? What are you going to? We need to be a church that prays so that we can be changing from the inside out, so that we can be seeing how God wants us to see, not just to pray at church on Sundays, not just to pray before a meal, but a, a prayer that truly changes us to be in line with what God is doing. Prayer needs to be a part of your life, a normal part of your life. You guys can start coming up. I think I've even underestimated prayer in my life. I've, I've, I've underestimated just how much God shapes us and molds us through times of prayer. And I can't speak for you and your circumstance, but I know if I pulled the room, most of us are going through something. Most of us have tensions in life. Most of us are working through something that feels really uncomfortable. Or being, we feel spiritually attacked, or we feel mentally attacked, physically attacked. And I'm not, I'm not saying you can't just pray that that wouldn't be there, but I think that the deeper prayer is, God, what do you want me to see in this? Who do you want me to become because of this? What do you want me to do? And, and when we start doing that, we reframe everything. We don't just look at the fleshly, the here and the now. We look at it in, a, in an eternal sense of, God, who are you making me into? Who are you growing me to? And not just me, who are you making us into? Look, look at the prayer. Our Father, not my Father, our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in. Give us this day. All throughout this prayer, it's not singular. It's not just me. It's not just personal. It's us, our, together, community. We can get so individualistic with our faith and miss just the communal part, the corporate part, the, the, the group part of this. This is why church is important. This is why group is important. This is why coming together is important because we do face trials. We do face challenges. We do face all these things all the time. And you need people there. You need support. You need help. You need family. And it's in prayer that we refocus it all and look at God. We need that. I challenged our, our, our group this morning right before, we, we always huddle before service. Don't make this just another Sunday. Don't make this just another time that you hear a message and you're like, okay, that's cool. And then you go home and by lunch, you forgot what you heard. I, I catch myself doing it. I'll, I'll get home and be like, what did I even teach on today? <laughs> 
How many of us do that? You'll get, to, you'll get to Monday or Tuesday and you're already so into your work week, you're so into you know, life and school and family and kids and bills and whatever. And you're like, I don't even remember what I heard on Sunday. What's important? Is this important? If it's important, make it important. Don't treat this time as just, well, it's something we do, checked it off the box, I'm spiritual, I love God. Like, take it seriously. Prayer can change your life. Prayer reshapes your mind. How many of you are dealing with anxiety and fear? You praying? It's like, it's like us going into the grocery store when we're hungry. It's like you say you want something, but yet you do the, the opposite of what you know actually helps you get to where you want to be. I, we, we joke about this uh, with the pastors sometimes. Where, like sometimes Christianity is like eating vegetables. You don't want to do it. You know what's right. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what's good for you, but you just don't, right? It's like not the great, you're like, I just want the cheeseburger. <laughs> Sometimes that's how our, our Christian walk feels. It's like, you just gotta eat that broccoli. Brussels sprouts. I don't know. What's your, whatever your veg, vegetable of choice is. Like, and for all the vegetarians in the room, they're like, what? I, that's what I love. It's not, it's not always the fun thing, but yet it's in, it's in that toil, it's in that, that working that we grow. And then we look down, like we, you know, we get five years down the road, we're like, wow, I've actually changed. I've changed because of the disciplines that I've put in my life that reflect the fact that I love God. If you love God, what are you doing to show you love God? Like at, at some point, the, the verbal and the, just the knowing, okay, so you know some verses. How are you applying that to your life? Oh yeah, prayer is so important. How many times did you pray this week? Don't tell me it's important if you're not gonna make it important. Oh, church is so important. Yeah, you were here once this month. Okay. If it's important, make it important. Do you wanna see spiritual growth? Do the things that help with spiritual growth. You wanna get over those fears and those anxieties? Start praying. Start getting around people that are gonna speak truth in your life. At some point, I mean, it's like, I was about to say really funny. <laughs> I was about to say, at some point you gotta poop or get off the pot, right? I don't know why that came to mind, but it's true. At some point you gotta just either do it or don't do it. Make it important or don't make it important. You didn't expect that one. Hey, spirit's moving, right? <laughs> I like that fun, man. This is this is good. This is good. My band is losing it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I seriously, I, I challenge you. Take your spiritual walk seriously and one of the most like fundamental parts of your spiritual walk is prayer 
And don't just pray to get something. Don't just pray to get the things that you want. Pray in a way that you see God for who he is and for what he's doing and how he wants you to grow. Seriously, write it down. I don't know if you're a note taker, write it down. Don't, don't let Monday be just another Monday. Don't let Tuesday be just another Tuesday. Come back next Sunday, ready to learn again, ready to take something else into this week. Invite God into the daily. Hey, you do that through prayer. Oh, wow. Allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you. And you might just be amazed at what you see. You might be amazed at how patient you were this week or how much joy you had this week, even when life sucks, right? Why am I still joyful? I shouldn't be joyful in this. But my hope is in something so much bigger than this. Let's pray. God, we acknowledge your power. We acknowledge your sovereignty, that you are in control. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we are adopted into your family. You've chosen us. You accept us, God. You accept us. We thank you for the ways you provide in our lives, the way you sustain us. And I, God, I, I pray that, that each of us, as I said, God, that we would take this seriously. That we would go into our weeks bringing this into it. That prayer would be normal, that we would pray often. God, that you would work through that time. You would soften our hearts. You would give us the eyes to see as you see. I, I, I do ask, God, that you, would, that you would protect us from ourselves and that you would help give us that strength. And God, we do ask for protection over just the evil of this world in our lives, God. I pray against that, that you would protect all of us today and into the week. And even if things feel uncomfortable or it seems like evil is winning or it, it just that bad is overtaking, God, we know you are bigger and greater and stronger than all of that, God. And so I pray that you would use any of that, God, so that we are refined and matured and our faith would grow because of that. And that just our hope and faith would just rest in you. God, I thank you for this time. I pray that you're honored in it. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and join us as we continue in this time of worship together. Please stand.